Welcome to the Creating Salon Success Podcast, where you will find educational and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream salon. And here's your beauty salon, systemization expert, spa owner, and entrepreneur, Louisa Ashforth. Hi, I'm Louisa from LA Training Academy, Creating Salon Success. I'm here this morning with Marianne, and uh, just thank you so much, Marianne, for coming on today. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem, thank you. So I'm going to let Marianne introduce herself um, and she can tell you a little bit more about what it is that she does. So if you want to just introduce yourself, Marianne, if that's okay. Thank you. Thanks, Louisa. Uh, so my name is Marianne Killick and I'm a women's health coach and author and acupuncturist. And so I work with women to um, basically take them from feeling rubbish and frazzled and burnt out or hormonally imbalanced to feeling wonderful and recharged and um, getting their health in order. But more importantly, understanding their bodies and how their bodies and hormones work. That's my, my big thing, making sure women understand how their bodies work so that they can make the healthy choices they want to make. Sounds perfect. I think we could all yeah. do a bit of that sometimes. <laughs> oh, definitely. So um, I always start these with just some sort of quick fire questions. So first of all, um, what book are you reading right now? So Whether the one I'm reading... Personal development or fiction or whatever it is, just... No, well, the one I'm reading right at the moment is, is kind of, a, well, I suppose it is personal development, but it's this one here, um, how to um, Bringing Up Race, How to Raise a Kind Child in a Prejudiced World. It's a new book oh. that's just come out and it's obviously very topical with everything that's gone on this summer yeah, um, and it's it's about you know how to raise children when the world is unjust in terms of you know whether you're coming from a, a place of um you know privilege or you know from um the opposite you know where you're facing prejudice all the time and you know it's a really tricky issue and i thought actually i've got no idea how to talk to my kids about this other than kind of be nice you know yeah. so um i've only just started it but yeah it's really interesting oh. so so would you recommend that book then so far? So far so good, I really would. Um, you know, it's and it's also things like so if you're you know, if your child says something that's racist or or witnesses something that's racist and how to talk to them and you know, but without kind of I suppose you know, without turning it into an issue that causes even more problems, you know. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's a really important book right now and certainly as a parent it's you know, it's an it's an area that until this summer I'd not really given much consideration. So um yeah, this is a real challenge for myself challenging my own perceptions and um challenging my parenting and all of that so so yeah yeah so. i'll have to um i'll have to put that in the comments actually because i do know what you mean i've never really given it much thought and i think um it's a bit of an ignorance really isn't it because yeah. not intentionally but yeah it's such an awkward topic i always worry like what i'm going to say but i always think um you know it's you just think well i'm not racist but some I watched a program recently and it, it highlighted a few things I'd never ever thought of. Um, and sometimes you don't think that you're racist, but because we don't think of colour or you don't see colour, that is racism in itself. So yeah. it's, it's a lot about educating yourself on we don't know what it's like to grow up in that kind of environment or world, do we? So, um, yeah, I think it is really, really important, like you're saying, it, as it is good to highlight those things. And when you've got children, I suppose it they, is. You know, I've got no idea how to talk to them about this, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, I've always tried to raise my children, sort of say, kind of, you know, be nice to everybody, you know. Um, and appreciate that people have differences and all of that kind of thing but I think I'm missing a trick somewhere and it and certainly you know as kids get old enough to hear things and stories on the radio and stuff they're going to start asking questions about things oh. and I don't know how to answer them yet so so when I saw this book coming out um I thought it'd be really really useful one for me to read yeah so I've yeah. not heard 
of it, but actually, I, th I think you're right. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to put that in the comments because uh, I think a lot of people would be interested in that. Um, and it isn't int an intentional ignorance that we have. No. I think that it's just sometimes, like you say, it's just you don't know how to explain it in a prejudiced world because, and it's not just colour, is it? It is like sort of disabilities and things like that that yeah. you don't, you know, you don't realise or, or know how to explain it to other yeah, children. Yeah, you know, and if you point at someone who looks different, you know, someone who's behaving differently and, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to strike that balance between what you say in terms of don't stare at them or, you know, which also almost kind of reinforces that it's something you mustn't discuss or look at. Or do you say, just give an explanation? You know, it's all those kind of things. And I just figured, you know, something that helps me. Helps me in the good we stuff. We the help we can get, don't we? So, oh, good on you for taking action though and actually doing something about it and looking into it more. I think that is really, really good. That kind of leads on to my next question. So I was just about to say that's quite inspiring. Well, I'm just going to sort of say to you, who inspires you, whether it's somebody in your family, somebody famous, somebody so you come across? So two, the two key women that spring to mind with inspiring me, and one is Michelle Obama. You know, I, I generally admired her. And then I heard a speech she gave to young people about, you know, the, the fairly famous one where she says, you know, when they go low, we go high and all of that. And the way she expressed herself was just so incredible. And her passion for raising others up just really spoke to me. And then I read her book, her you know, her autobiography and reading her story about how she comes from really humble background, but it was that grit and determination that got her through and the challenges she faced. I just thought, wow, you know, if you can face that many barriers in life and still, you know, this is aside from her being, you know, first lady, but in her own profession, professional side of life, you know, to go from being in a fairly kind of run down, um, fairly poor neighborhood, facing all sorts of barriers, again, intending to bring up race again, but, you know, because obviously being a black, yeah. but in, in Chicago at the time and the wrong side of the tracks kind of thing and how her mindset got her through and then the challenges she faced when she went to university and you know as a highly intelligent woman but in, a, in an environment where a there weren't that many women and b there weren't that many black women um and so the whole how she got herself through how she pushed herself forward it was just it's just really inspiring you know there's this whole you don't give up and you keep going and you you better yourself and you use the challenges to elevate yourself so absolutely fascinating life story there and then the other lady again another American lady is Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she um she died just last month and right. um yeah so she is an incredible woman so she's the first um uh, she was a, a justice on the Supreme Court in the, in the USA and again she's a, a lawyer and she had pivotal role in bringing women's rights and you know about women's working rights and women's equality in the USA but again if you look at her life story you know how she she married quite young her kids quite young but still put herself through law school and you know managed to again this whole idea of when you've got a passion about something you don't give up and you keep going and also what I love about her which ties in more with what I do now is the way she she realized that she had to look after herself health-wise in order to achieve what she was achieving so even in her 90s you know she was there going to the gym doing planks and push-ups wow. yeah it's incredible when you look at her and you see videos of her you know this kind of quite quite petite almost delicate looking lady but there she is pumping out all these full-on push-ups and planks oh, <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> the rest that of is inspiring it really is 
it's that whole idea that you know if, if you want to achieve your dreams that you've got to look after your health as well yeah um so and and that really ties in in terms of you know as, as running our own businesses um you know whatever we want to do if our health doesn't come first then it's going to be so much harder to you know run your clinic or push your business forward if you're, yeah. if you're not radiating health yourself and you're not feeling well so she's amazing absolutely inspiring woman really, uh, really yeah what's her name again ruth bader ginsburg oh I must look into her. I'm I'm really uh, rubbish at you know like looking at other people. So I, I love doing these and asking these questions because people do like obviously Michelle Obama. Of course, I've heard of her and absolutely totally agree. Really, really inspiring lady and and like you say, appropriate for the book that you're actually reading and yeah. what's been going off in in the world over the summer and so and still is and has been. Obviously, I don't mean it's just something that's happened. Yeah. But seeing people and and people that you can relate to overcoming challenges, it helps in your everyday life and in business. So I think that if they can get through that, I can get through this. And it yeah. kind of puts things into perspective sometimes, doesn't it? Really it really does. It really does. Because I think sometimes when we see really successful people in business or other areas of life, we kind of, we don't know how they got there, you know, and we assume they've already started at some point up here. And obviously yeah. some celebrity type people, yeah, they have, you know, if they've been born into celebrity or born into family that's already billionaires, millionaires, that kind of thing. Yeah. You can see how they're where they're at. But for other people and, and you know, you know, for most normal people who don't start in that position, yeah. you know it can be quite challenging if you think that everyone around you all those successful people have started somewhere up here actually yeah. it's so inspiring to read stories of, of people who've started right down here you know and and really somehow got there and when you read it you realize they're just normal people they're yeah. just normal people like you and I and, and and yet they've not they've not somehow crumbled at the challenges they've they've risen and and that to me I, I found that really really inspiring it just makes you think that anything's possible doesn't it and yeah. then when you see this 90 year old petite lady doing push-ups and whatever else I think that that again makes you think if she can do that and keep going yeah. and and like you said we all spend time especially as a woman um, and I'm not saying that men don't because of course they do uh, but especially we, we because we're known for multitasking we multitask the kids the house the whatever and for some reason we don't multitask on ourselves and we think well, we're all right I'm all right I'm all right but yeah. then you just there's only so much we can all take isn't there and there really is there really is and you know I see women like this all the time in my clinic and I see so many women in their 50s and 60s and their health is really starting to fall apart you look back and you talk to them about their lives and you realize that actually you know they've done a cracking job looking after everybody else they've absolutely yeah. they've raised their kids they've cared for their husband then they've cared for elderly parents they've done all of this kind of stuff and at no point have they looked after their own bodies and that's because they just haven't considered themselves in that mix they had yeah. to themselves they've not been a priority you know and and it's i find it really frustrating because through my own studies you know and things that i've i've learned what i'm realizing is what we do now and particularly if once we're in our late 30s and into our 40s if we don't get it right now and sort ourselves out at this stage we are setting ourselves up for a really rubbish old age so yeah. you know and that's one of the reasons i do what i do you know because it's we we have so much control over our own health for how we live and, and what we do but if we're not prioritizing ourselves because we're so busy looking after everybody else and ultimately we're the ones who who are, have the rubbish health and, and live in pain and discomfort and don't have a really good older older years you know yeah. where we could be out exploring the world and doing all these things now we're free you know um and 
things are, it's not happening. I, if these ladies come into my, my acupuncture clinic and, and you know, their health is shot and it doesn't have to be like that. And so I'm kind of a bit on a mission really to, to get women who are now in their thirties and forties and to really wake up to that and understand their body and how they live it impacts themselves. And again, to work on that whole mindset around the importance of prioritizing their health. I think you're right. Um, I, I, uh, on a very similar thing, I, I get that a lot. Uh, so obviously, um, as you know, I've got a beauty salon and do massage. I, I do a lot of massage and really love it. And it saddens me the amount of, um, I always joke and say men are my best clients because they are coming from hell or high water. They are in that salon. They're having their massage. Whereas women, they'll often be like, oh, Freddie needs some new shoes or I've got to go here. I've got to go there. And they'll just, I just see them just like almost deprioritizing themselves. Yeah. So they booked it. They're in. And don't know a lot. Don't do this. And they are, you know, but it's about educating them as to why they need that. And, you know, instead of like gone from sort of like that's getting sorted, they're feeling better. They're not in that stress state anymore, but then they've gone an extra week and then another extra week. And then before you know it, they're almost back where they started because right. months have gone by and you're like, oh we're doing so well um, and then, and that looking after yourself as preventative care isn't it i think Absolutely. we've got a real mindset here in this particularly in this country that you know you look after yourself when it's going wrong you know that's the point you do something yeah. about it actually you know, the concept of preventative medicine is is really a poor one and you know coming from the sort of chinese medicine background like i do you know the, the whole origins of chinese medicine were that you use it to feel well and it stops you becoming ill in the first place I think if we can get women in particular to understand that actually they're going to do a better job of all the things they want to do if they pre use preventative approach of, of self-care in terms yeah. of you know making sure their bodies don't hurt eating the right stuff getting good sleep all of that kind of thing then they're going to be more empowered to do all the stuff that they want to do in the million multitasking things yeah. <laughs> you know not that they should have to multi multitask in so many no ways. but they can do it a lot better if they're feeling at least 95 percent you know um so it's about i suppose like you say preventative maintaining that they're looking after themselves all the time not waiting for them to have a problem to sort it out it's yeah. about keep you do need that massage you do need that acupuncture you do need that healthy food to yeah. ensure that you don't get that pain and you know you're, you're less used when you're in bed for a week because you've let yourself yeah. get down aren't you and yeah or when your back goes into spasm and you know you can't do anything for two three four five even six weeks because you're yeah. in so much pain whereas actually if you've had the massage or the acupuncture treatment then you know if you'd had it every you know couple of months once a month that kind yeah. of thing you wouldn't get in that state in the first place and you know that's that is the way out of long-term health problems is that regular maintenance it's not just yeah. throwing everything at it for you know four five six weeks when you're actually having a problem and then as soon as the problem seems to go you drop everything and go back to exactly what you did before yeah. and you know i, I it's funny you see it all the time with with patients you know when you're working with them they feel better they say oh, i'm going to stop and you're going mm, maybe a few more to really embed this yeah and it and then sure enough six weeks later you get a phone call and they're back they've had a setback yeah. and then then usually then they come in and you know i have some people come every quarter and it just keeps them chopped up you know i was just going to say that sometimes people think that they're saving money and saving time by not keeping it up but actually you end up spending more money because you've gone from coming every quarter to once a week to yeah. get it up and then you, you sort of if you keep doing that actually you've spent more money and more time yeah. and That's it's harder cool. work to get better than it is to just keep a happy medium all the way along <laughs> it really is and it's the same again with you know hormones and, and all of that you know it's it's we don't think of our hormones unless we're trying to um get pregnant or you know we start it all starts going a bit wrong and we really yeah. notice them because they're making us feel rubbish and actually it's kind of how again 
with if we actually know how our body works which women aren't taught um then if we know how our bodies work we know how what we do impacts on all of that and we can become kind of masters of managing our own hormones in many ways and although we can't avoid things like going through menopause um we can smooth the path we can make it less of a bumpy road you know and, yeah. and so it's again it's preventative you know and that's what i'm really trying to work with women on the, at the moment on is is understanding their hormones understanding their bodies but understanding what in their life impacts their hormones and what how their hormones impact their lives and so that you know as women head through these transitions in their lives it's not so traumatic for them and it doesn't actually ruin their life <laughs> yeah this is really interesting actually, because it's not something that i've ever really thought of i think when you're young you don't think hormones except for when you hit puberty and you're like oh the start of the period they're getting a little bit ratty or you're getting a bit you know whatever they, oh they're all hormonal and then i know as an adult you sort of say oh i'm probably just hormonal and i think we use it as a word but don't really understand it unless you're getting pregnant or going through the menopause or something that is yeah. a, a situation or the era in life or whatever but i'm just going to jump here because you've actually written a book haven't you uh -huh. to try and help educate people so uh -huh. um, i think this is just a perfect time just to bring it up because um, yeah. well i did so this book is called put yourself first a busy woman's guide to thriving not surviving i think because many women just bowl along surviving and I, I wrote it for various reasons and it's, it really is born out of my sort of last decade working with women um, and find myself explaining the same things to them over and over again and I thought well there's obviously a real knowledge gap here in terms mm -hmm. of um, women's understanding their bodies down to things like understanding their menstrual cycle when their fertile window is um, you know how what they're eating and drinking makes them feel each month and, and and just generally understanding you know that connection between the food and drink you put in your mouth and how you feel in your head and in your body um, there's a real disconnect there um, and the whole concept of guilt you know in terms of i i hear so many women beating themselves up big star going oh i don't know why i can't cope with this i don't know why i'm situations are me and it's like wow we're so hard on ourselves we absolutely are horribly hard on ourselves and you just wouldn't the way women speak to themselves or speak about themselves, they would never do that to their friend. I was just going to say that you would never see it speak to your friend like that. And if you heard someone speaking to somebody else like that, you'd be like, hang on a little minute, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, but yet we do yeah, it to ourselves all the time. And so, mm -hmm. so I suppose the first half of my book is really working on the mindset around, you know, being kind to yourself and also learning about how to prioritise yourself. Because again, that's the other thing, you know, as mm -hmm. I was saying a few minutes ago, that women do everything for everyone else and then you know the concept of time for themselves is non-existent and yeah. you know that how to carve out time in your week and in your day and how to delegate you know to make sure that it's not all falling on you that's kind of all in the first half of my book and then the second half is all about you know understanding your hormones and what they do in your body and understanding what your period can tell you because you know how you oh, have okay. a period month it tells you loads about where you're at in your body and then explaining them what you can do about it so you know from the diet and lifestyle point of view mm. and, and you know it's 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 kind of i, I was asked you know if, if you could get the women you want to help in a room for two hours what would you tell them and that's how my that's how my book was born you know right. just, this is what i want women to know and believe will really make a huge difference to their their lives if they can get this in their heads and it's kind of it's written with little questions in to ask yourself and make you reflect 
Um, and it's done from the health coaching point of view of really making you come up with your own answers. Um, because obviously that's, that's my other hat is, is coaching women yeah. to make changes. And, you know, I, I work a lot with women who've got things like endometriosis or, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, heading into perimenopause, you know, and the solutions, we have the solutions in here. We know the answers. Sometimes you just need somebody to help bring that out of you and to help challenge yourself. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's educating, but it's also challenging you, this book, to really think and work on yourself as a project. Yeah, so no, um, I'm probably a bit uh, open here, but um, I have endometriosis and uh, had it for about 10 years. And I just kind of never looked into what it was, just knew I'd got it, knew it hurt every month a bit more than some might have it. Uh, not, I mean, some might have a normal period and mine yeah. was a bit more painful or whatever. But I never really thought to educate myself on it how yeah. random is that i've got something that i don't i never really lately i have actually been looking into it a little bit more for one reason or another but um it's funny how you can have something for so long and you just trust the medical profession they go oh you've got endometriosis oh okay yeah and that's and it. nothing no else is said. And it's the same it's the same with things like polycystic ovarian syndrome mm. you know the number of women i have i've worked with over the years who go well i've got pcos i'm okay and i said well has anyone explained how this impacts the rest of your health and your body and it's the same with endometriosis and they're like no and because no, it's only spoken to you about in terms of how it affects your period yeah you know um and or how it affects baby making and yeah. beyond that if you're not having you know if you're not trying to make a baby or, or you're not talking about it in relation to your period nobody explains to women how it impacts so many other aspects of your health mm -hmm. and you know for example like with endometriosis the fatigue some women can feel you know the absolute crushing fatigue and I was working with a woman recently and, and you know, when I talked about this, she's like, well, that's part of my endo. That's why I feel like that all the time. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, I no. didn't know that until just this moment. Yeah. And I'm so, quite an energetic person. I'm very rarely sit still, but yeah. sometimes I am exhausted. And I just think, well, it's my job. I just have a very physical job and I do a lot of massage. I put my heart and soul into it. So I just think, gosh, I'm whacked today. And I just put it down to work all the time, but it might be more than that. <laughs> It could, it could be, it might be, it might not, you know, everyone presents with endo differently, but, oh. you know, and that's the thing because it does present with so many different other symptoms and, and, and issues around it. And, you know, again, no one's educating women about the wider implications of these conditions on their health moving yeah. forward and long term. So, it, or about what you can do through diet and lifestyle. There's huge amounts you can do for all these conditions through diet and lifestyle. It doesn't get rid of them, mm -hmm. but in terms of managing them and making life a heck of a lot easier and making you feel you know energized and well and happy and that you can live the life you're choosing to live as opposed to live the life you can just about manage to live because of your condition yeah. you know nobody helps women understand this and that's where someone like me comes in and and helps you look at that from a kind of nutritional perspective from a kind of stress management you know from a mindset perspective and you know that's what i work on all these women with to put together all these different aspects of their lives and help them bring it in and the transformations can be huge Huge. I bet, and I've actually, because uh, obviously we know each other through a, a mutual Facebook group, don't we? And yeah. I've seen a lot of people in this group reading your book, and it's on my list of things to do, as we do, um, to order. And you know, now talking to you, I'm thinking, gosh, I should have ordered this book like weeks ago. And I've seen it's, it's helped a lot of people in the group already that I've just come across their odd comment, and I'm thinking, okay, but I never really sort of looked into it more until we're talking now, and I'm thinking, hmm, you know we just need to educate ourselves more on ourselves don't we and we really do and, and and you know it's a huge bugbear of mine that obviously when we're at school you know and we go through puberty and all the rest of it and we get the talk the talk you know about mm -hmm. periods and all of that kind of stuff 
you know, it, it's, it's spoken about just purely in relation to our uterus and our ovaries. You know, nothing else is mentioned. Yeah. No one tells us about the brain involvement in, you know, no one tells us about our heart health and how that's all impacted by our hormones or our kidneys and, you know, or, you know, our mental health, you know, and that's a huge, huge deal or the impact of hormones and mental health. Yeah. And, you know, it, it can have devastating consequences and, and women aren't educated as to how this works or, on um so for example i've just completed do, delivering a four-week online course about hacking your menstrual cycle okay. and i've been taking everyone through what each section of the of your cycle um does to you mentally and emotionally as well as physically yeah. and so the different hormones through our, our monthly cycle impact our, our mood and impact our decision making impact our behaviors and if we understand that we can work with it and we can actually use it to empower ourselves so at this point in the cycle where you're feeling energized and creative and dynamic that's where you do your kind of marketing planning and stuff <laughs> you know and and if you're at the point where you're feeling oh you know this is you don't there's no point in trying to you know design a new flyer or come up with a new course idea or anything like that because you won't actually if you just stick to doing your filing and maybe entering your accounts on your spreadsheet for those couple of days yeah. that's all you need to be doing because actually that's not the best time and if you understand that about your cycle you can you can use it to your advantage but also know that you know when you're going to be a bit more vulnerable you know immune system wise when you're going to be kind of open to trying new workouts all of those things and it's like it's incredibly powerful but we're not taught any of it no and we're not even really taught why we need to know and it's only like just literally talking to you in five minutes i'm just like oh my gosh why do I need to go on this course. I've never ever been interested in my menstrual cycle. And I've always thought, why do I need to know? It just happens. But yeah. that's because that's the education I've got of him. That's what happens. This is what happens throughout your month. Da, 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 da. I know the things of the endometriosis for me, other people. I know friends that have got, like you say, polycystic ovaries. I know their little things that happen to them. But never thought of using my cycle to my advantage. <laughs> Well, then, and you can, you know, or also, also, you know, if you're raising teenage girls, you know, explaining to them that, you know, certain times of their cycle, they're more likely to make some poor decisions over, uh, like, making risky behaviour decisions, oh, yeah. you know, at certain times in their cycle. So if they know this, and it's also recognising your cycle and understanding it from a fertility point of view, you know, as much as not getting pregnant as it is about getting pregnant, so that mm. you can recognise what's going on for you, you know, and, and again, if you understand your body like that, then you can make decisions for yourself as you move through life you know so yeah. for example you know if you notice that your cycle's changing and you but you haven't yet say for example met the person you want to be with or start a family with you might choose to if you're sort of mid-30s go well hang on a minute i've noticed my cycle started changing i'm going to go and pay for a private fertility assessment see where i'm at yeah. and decide whether i need to make some decisions you know in terms of doing it alone you know as, as more and more women do i work with a number of women at the moment who are going down that whole wow. starting a family by themselves it's happening more often um or whether you want to um maybe freeze some eggs you know there's all again it's it's things that people don't think about until it's too late but if we yeah. had an idea of what how our bodies work to start with you have those choices and therefore it's up to you to to how you let you know how you choose to make your life go as opposed yeah. to suddenly realizing it's not happening and we live in a world today, don't we, where we're so lucky that we've got these, this amazing technology and these amazing things that we can do. And I guess you just think, unless I'm a celebrity, why would I, I'm not going to freeze my eggs. Not that they're the only people that can freeze their eggs, but you think it's going to have a massive cost or, or whatever. And you hear it on the news that, I don't know, Posh Spice has done this or something. And you don't 
see that they are just normal people like us but yeah. you just don't you don't connect so that's the case you just think oh i can't do that just little old me no and, and, you know, and again you can you can plan for it i mean some of these things are quite expensive but you know a lot of yeah. you could make the choices about how again it's about having the knowledge to make the choices isn't it yeah. but if you could choose to put some finance aside to to deal with this issue if that's what mm. your choice is but if you don't know you can't you can't tell from looking at a 35 year old whether they're exo like a 23 year old or like a 45 <laughs> year old you can't tell from the outside you know yeah. and and it's it's it, it, because it is becoming more of an issue you know but there's loads again you there's loads you can do through diet and lifestyle to help preserve your fertility a bit longer to make maximize your egg quality yeah. you know all of those things but if you don't know how are you in charge of your own life yeah i think it, you just take it for granted don't you? you think well i'm a woman that's what happens that's what will happen and it's not always the case is it unfortunately and or or like you say you don't meet that partner or you don't there's different things that happen in your life yeah, and sure. like what, isn't it yeah i like what you've just said it's about making those choices to take control of your own life i think that is just a really really good that we should use today <laughs> yeah, we should we should you know we've got so much power over our own health in our own hands oh. and we don't realize it you know there's so much information out there now about how you know people you hear people saying oh everyone in my family has died of a heart attack this kind of thing or everyone yeah. in my family's had such and such and yeah you know obviously genetics play a part mm -hmm. in in our overall health but this concept of you know we're born with a certain set of genes but it's how we live that can often pull the trigger you yeah. know and and so it's again it's understanding that and then trying to load the dice back in your favor you know mm. so if everyone in your family has had heart disease well that what you know what that tells me is you it's know you need to be living in a really heart healthy way but if yeah. you don't understand what that is because no one's explained to you about how your body as a woman impacts your health, heart yeah. and your health and all of that how can you make the choices yeah because i guess you don't want to just think well i'm going to die of a heart attack everybody else has it's not yeah. a very good attitude no, it's it's not people do people it. say oh well that's going to be my fate and it's like it doesn't have to necessarily yeah. or you can minimize the chances of it or if it's still going to happen you can increase your chances of a great recovery afterwards you know yeah. it, it, it's all of those things and it impacts so many aspects of our health yeah. it really does so. wow um <laughs> that was just a a, a long obviously between us a bit of a conversation about the answer but i, I loved that i'm just like oh i feel uh, like my mind's buzzing you know <laughs> yeah. well it, it's really exciting when you realize you know what how your body actually works and what you can do to, to influence it is kind of mind-blowing you know women are there going why didn't i know this before and and certainly you know part of this um was all came out of my own journey you know to to, to coming into this because Again, so I used to do a really stressful job. I used to work in the legal field and it was super, super stressful. And that's where I went for acupuncture, first of all, because okay. I just felt rubbish. I had, and I was having horrendous periods every month. And, you know, I just, oh, it was horrendous. Pain and, you know, like pain all the way down my legs. And, wow. you know, I just felt horrid. And so I, I knew I was stressed out. And then, so I got into acupuncture that way. And I was at the point where I knew I needed to get out of the work I was in. It was killing me. But I didn't know what I wanted to do because what I did was really interesting. And every time I looked at job descriptions, I was like, that's actually going to be quite boring, you know. <laughs> but then, uh, so that's how I got down the acupuncture route. And then through acupuncture, we started learning about cycle tracking. And um, I was at the point where, you know, I was knew I'd want to start a family fairly soon. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, you know, and through cycle tracking, I realized I wasn't like ovulating when I thought I was. And actually, so if we'd followed kind of the usual advice, it probably would have taken us a hell of a lot longer to start a family. Um, and I realized my cycles were a bit wonky and out. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, okay. And I'd never again thought about that. And, and, and 
So I hadn't thought about all of this before, but suddenly it was impacting my life and my understanding. And then when we were trying for babies, um, you know, I went through a series of miscarriages, which was obviously horrendous. Yeah. And, you know, again, my, my way of coping is to understand things. Yeah. And then I tried, so I was desperately trying to find out information about, you know, progesterone and all of this, nothing out there, you know, and I thought, wow, okay, this, this, this is really wrong. I, yeah. And I started learning more about my cycle, my fertility and all of that. And I just thought, why has nobody taught me this? Why do I not know this? Yeah. And then when I was carrying my, uh, pregnant with my daughter, I had gestational diabetes. And then, so this is where my understanding of blood sugar started coming, you know, because I, again, I, I wasn't on the risk factors for gestational diabetes. And so I, I was told, right, you'll be invited to this, um, you're going to be invited to this, this uh, meeting with a nurse who's going to tell you what you need to do. But me, being me, had already scoured the internet and done loads of reading about blood sugar balance. That's just how I work. That's how yeah. I cope with things. Is, is like, if I understand it, I can handle it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, I went along with this nurse that said, ladies, you know, if you like your cake and if you like your Coca Cola, you're going to have to give it up for a while. And there's me expecting oh. to be told about all these kind of slow release grains mm. and slow release carbohydrates and balancing your proteins and your fats and all of this. And this was the extent of the advice. And I sat there and I thought, right, no wonder we have a diabetes problem in this country mm. if this is the level. And again, you know, then through my own research with that, realizing the impact that blood sugar balance has on your whole yeah. health. And again, why are we not taught this at school? You know, at school, we learn how to dissect flowers, don't we? You know, all the <laughs> reproductive systems of a flower. Yeah. Why are we not taught how the food we eat impacts our bodies, our mental health and everything else? So that's then how that evolved. Then my work with women. And then I divert, you know, diversified off and did my training as a women's yeah. health coach, looking at functional medicine, functional nutrition, how that works. And it's all kind of just, so it's a combination of my academic studies, my personal journey and everything just coming together that wow. has you know, led me to this book and led me to the work I do now. And I think it's probably fair to say I'm fairly passionate about it because, you know, I've been I on, so, the, I can see why, <laughs> but you know, well, I've been on the tricky receiving end of it all, Absolutely. you know, when you're, there and you're thinking, God is, you know, is my unborn baby at risk here? Because yeah. of, and all of these kind of issues and then the guilt that goes with that because you thought you were eating healthy and actually it wasn't as healthy as it could be and yeah. all these things it's like wow 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 you know no wonder we're in a mess nationally globally in terms of health because there is a complete disconnect yeah between how people live and how their bodies work absolutely so. um but yeah like you've just said that's uh, it's not entirely the reason that I started my skincare range, but I had um, I didn't have acne all through school. I was absolutely fine, and then twenty five um, started with acne. I did learn a bit about the body because it turned out to be a stress related thing. But obviously, skincare can it, it doesn't cure acne because obviously it's more going off inside your body than actually nothing topical that you can put on your face will will necessarily solve that acne problem, but it will help. So it kind of got me more and more interested in skincare. And so I think when you have got experience in something or something's impacted your life mm. and you are on the receiving end of something, then when you're trying to educate or share that with people and you are passionate because you know it works because you've benefited from it. Yeah. And or like for myself, I benefited. And then when I'm seeing other people who I'm not necessarily, I'm not helping, they're doing it themselves, but I'm educating and therefore they're helping themselves. And I love that. It's such a, a nice feeling to see people and learning about themselves as well. 
Um, Absolutely, and watching that transformation take place. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I guess that leads us into my next question. Um, what skincare product could you not live without? Oh, well, right. So um, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that goes to a salon, they say, what's your beauty routine? And I'm like, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wash my face in, the on, you know. <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, um, so make in terms of makeup, you know, yeah. I can't like a really natural look. And so mm -hmm. my number one product really would be, it's the bare minerals, original foundation. Oh, love it. Love it. No one else has said bare minerals. It's my favorite. I love bare minerals, <laughs> you know, cause it's yeah. all about not putting rubbish on your skin, isn't it? And 100%. Yeah. And that again, like from your point of view, that's uh, as in your background and yeah. totally acne, don't slap all the stuff on your face because it's yeah. not good for you. It's just going to block everything. I love it because I, you know, I had um, a severe allergic reaction a number of years ago and it, it burst some of the tiny wee blood vessels on the oh, tops wow. of my cheeks and it means that I go, I flush really yeah. easily. Like, so if I, if I even sniff a glass of wine, that's it, boom, oh, I'm right, wow. right. You know, and, uh, you know, if I get um, either warm or tense or stressed, you know, I just, I, I literally, I'm like this wow. rose cheek oh, and it, I'm, I'm really conscious of it. Mm -hmm. And I find that just a light coating of, of the bare minerals foundation just takes it down, you yeah. know, and, and therefore I feel so much more confident, you yeah. know, when I was having to come on camera or do a live or something yeah. like that or in a social situation, you know? Um, so I love the stuff cause it's really light on your skin and it's oh, really, yeah. okay. And the same, it's got um, it's got a really, really good coverage, like you say, it's redness, but it, it does cover it. But you think powder, it's not going to cover it, but it, it absolutely does. And I love it, and I just put, like, like that's all I've got on today, just a tiny little bit, a little bit of eyeliner, mascara, and a bit of lip hey. I don't yeah, think so but, um, but again, bare minerals, and yeah, I love the natural look. So, yeah, totally and, and I can, and it's uh, you can build it up, can't you? So if I'm, you know, wanting yeah. to go out and make it a more of a glamorous type yeah. evening outlook, you just add a bit more on. You just keep applying the layers and working it in, and and you know, so you can go that really light day to day coverage yeah. just to take the pinkness off, or you can, or you can um, really glam up if you want to, yeah. you know. So no, I love that stuff. That's the one product oh, I would, you know, always yeah. have. I'd, I'd, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm the same. Love it. Love bare minerals. Yeah, definitely big fan um so uh, yeah it's such a uh, not to go into it but they've stopped uh, salons and spas stocking it now so um, i've only got the stock that i've got left in the salon um oh, i'm gutted so i just think well, i don't want to sell it i just want to keep the stash for myself <laughs> Obviously, not all colours soon with, but you know, I don't care. <laughs> they're not going to let anyone else sell it apart from themselves, are they not? Uh, they're just going to department stores now. I think it's obviously just massive in House of Fraser and stuff like that. So, uh, Harvey Nicks, they've got like massive department stores. And I, I guess from a business point of view, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, this is just my thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess from a business point of view, to manage salons and spas, they've got to have reps that go round. And, um, you know, I think just the cost implements, and maybe they just don't. They just don't need us anymore. <laughs> oh, that's a real shame. <laughs> yeah, but we, I've still got the stock. And if I do like makeups or anything like that, I still use it. But yeah, I'm just a big fan myself. So I totally yeah. get that. Um, so obviously we've been in lockdown. It's been a horrible situation. And we are coming out of it. But in it, who knows what we're doing right now. It's a bit uh, of anything and everything, isn't it? But um, so for me, I um, became obsessed with this eggs and ham thing. And... It didn't start off as an obsession. My husband made it, made this ham in like the little cupcake tins and just put an egg in it and put cheese on top. And then I just raved about it because obviously my husband had made it, made it. it was a little bit of a Facebook post going, oh my gosh, Andy's just made me these, they're so yummy. But then every day, 
I was like, I was, I was kind of having them, but every day people were sending me messages going, oh, Louise, I've tried this. I've put black pepper on, I've put chili on, I've put paprika on, I've done this, this variation, I've put salami in it. And I was like, wow, I've started this thing. I don't mean I've started it, and then, you know, I didn't make it up or anything, but amongst my friends and people yeah. that I knew, people were sending me all their concoctions of it. So I was like, oh, wow, I've started something. So have you become obsessed with anything during lockdown, like ham and eggs or exercise or something? I wish I could say exercise. <laughs> I was I was going to I was going to do like I was going to work out every day and yeah. I was going to use this opportunity to do all of this stuff. No, I didn't. You know, I, I'm afraid I'm as human as the next person. And despite my <laughs> knowledge, you know, lockdown completely has really kicked my butt in terms of mentally, emotionally, yeah, not wanting to do stuff, all that kind of thing. Um, but I suppose what I did get into because I think. I did really well and I was really conscious of not like trying to turn to alcohol and all the rest of it through yeah. it and then we got to about was it end of May June time and there was yet another setback in terms of reopening my clinic and all of that yeah I've been doing yeah, quite yeah, well yeah. and not snacking and all the rest of it and the yeah. one evening I was just like sod it you know <laughs> and there was a big packet of crisps there you know the big kind of Tyrrells type big bags and I sat there and I ate the lots and you know and then every night for the next however long it was a glass of wine some crisps and all of this and all of a sudden I was like Whoop, you know <laughs> expanding going on and I was just like this this isn't good and you know I could feel the effect it was having in terms of how yeah. I felt so I got into um really exploring non-alcoholic alcohol drink substitutes oh, okay so yeah and so <laughs> my husband's like now what have you ordered you know <laughs> and all because all yeah. I, I like wine and I like gin and tonic and all of those mm -hmm. things and I know and I'm sitting there like enjoying my wine thinking I know because I've written a whole chapter or you know I've written whole things about how alcohol does to your hormones and your liver function right. and I'm here sitting here quaffing my glass of wine <laughs> and I know it's not making me feel any good but I thought but I, I want something else and it's yeah. really exploring you know that whole why do I want that drink but it for me it's all about having that adult time and that downtime where you pour the drink so I thought well I know I don't want to just be drinking like squash or something yeah. so I've been there's a whole world out there of non-alcoholic you know kind of adult drinks um and I've been trying these like fancy kombuchas which are meant to be a bit like white wine and some okay. of them are pleasant. I've uh, been sampling all the different 0% beers you know there's loads wow. out there and then there's also all these kind of gin and tonic pretend drinks and all the rest of it again yeah. trying to keep it low sugar and all what have you yeah. so I've got really into trying all these different like, drinks you know because I was so conscious of, of what I was doing to myself um so yeah that's that's kind of what I've got into <laughs> I love it that is that is definitely a new one um so you know people say the same like the exercise or the whatever or I've been doing this routine or that um, uh, I love that non-alcoholic so you've literally explored every have you found any vodka and something no, and tonic substitutes because they've used they, they use kind of like you know the juniper flavors from from the gin ah. and everything. so they use the botanical side of things yeah. um but in a in a tonic type drink so you've got the flavor okay you don't obviously get that hit of the alcohol but it, it's it's still the flavor and it's still yeah. if you put it in a nice you know the kind of glass you put yeah. your gin in and all the rest of it and maybe put a slice of lime or lemon in or as you would with your, your gin yeah. then you you get that whole this is my time this is my well done for being a good adult today yeah. moments you know um and same with the beers the beers i find taste much more beery you know wow. you do get that feel of i'm having a drink yeah. and um and yeah and yet you it just shows really it's not the alcohol bit you need is it it's it's the it, it's that mental downtime the action, the action of pouring the drink and sitting yeah. down and going 
because I actually really, I can't, you know, if I go somewhere and I, my friends laugh at me because um, I love vodka and I love wine, uh, but don't give it me in like a plastic beaker or something like that because I'd rather just not drink it. And people go, why, Louisa, it's just the same. And I go, but like you have to say, it's the feeling I get when I've got a fancy glass and yeah. or, a, or a, a nice glass. I mean, it doesn't have to be a posh glass or anything like that, but I like it to be a glass glass and clean and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't want to be drinking out of a, you know, a water cup. It doesn't, I'd rather just not drink. So I don't think, I think you're right. It's not that necessarily drink to get drunk. It's drink to enjoy that time and that drink, yeah. and that, that, like you said, mental downtime. It, it really is and it's you know it helps and don't get me wrong i still have some wine i still have some real gin but it's not an every you know it, it it in lockdown at one point it was becoming a let's open a bottle of wine let's open a bottle of wine yeah. let's have a gin and you know it, i could feel what it was doing to me and it was just you know it wasn't great <laughs> so, and that's so thing, I, that, you listen to your body don't you and especially yeah. you because you know exactly what it's doing to you and well, that's the thing though but i didn't you know you feel i'm trying to educate people about their bodies and health and there's me knocking back a glass of wine i'm thinking yeah oh, but every now and again we've just got to do it, it. Well, I'm, I am fully human. You know, I struggle with it. I struggle with exercise. I struggle getting going with it. You know, and again, it's part of behind what I do because you see some people who are just like naturally exercise people. You know what I mean? You've always exercised and always done it. I was the kid picked last at school who would do anything to get out of PE and all the rest of it. And so it was that whole mindset around movement and exercise and trying to battle that now as an adult you know, especially as I am at the age, the hormones are starting to shift, you know, it's easy to get the, the tire around the middle, all of yeah. that. And it's like, it for me, it's a real struggle, the whole trying to be active and trying to be healthy. So yeah, it's, it's, um, the struggle is real. It's not, it's suddenly I know this stuff and it's suddenly easy to do. It's not, yeah. you know, but it's, it's constantly chipping away at it. And so for me trying to, you know, make sure that, I, I manage around alcohol is, is, yeah, you know, I've never been a problem drinker, but from a health perspective, you don't have to be a problem drinker for it to be damaging your health and hormones, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just so conscious of that and, you know, conscious of, I want to kind of lead by example, you yeah, know? So, but yeah, I've had a great time ordering all these random drinks. I some, it. Some yeah, it's very more success than others. I've yet to find a, a substitute wine, like a red wine that actually tastes like something you'd want to drink yeah i think yeah. i'm almost tempted to go actually do you know what if you're going to have a glass of wine have a really good quality glass of wine yeah. and really enjoy it but just have it less often yeah and shoot your drinks with other things than trying to drink a fake wine that just doesn't cut it yeah i guess some are just not going to cut it are they like uh, my kind of go-to drink is vodka and soda so i guess it's not that unhealthy because of the soda side i'm not saying the vodka's healthy but yeah. um like you say just just one or two um is probably better than like you say over overkill or if you can't find a substitute for something then just have one and yeah. not as many <laughs> it's, it's about being mindful isn't it because i don't believe in telling people like never have a slice of cake you know that's just not realistic and what you know life life is for living and enjoying you yourself you want it more don't you <laughs> oh god so yeah i'm a big believer in having some of it because but it's about being mindful i mean mm. certainly when i when i did my previously super stressful job I'd be the kind of person they'd go, oh, you know, so-and-so's brought donuts in because it's their birthday or they're leaving or having a baby or coming back from holiday or whatever. And so you go to the kitchen and there'd be a plate of donuts and that's all I could think about. So I'd be at my desk working and all I could do, even though I'd had one, was <laughs> I'd go this plate, you know, and I'd want that sugar and I'd want that sugar. Yeah. But then I'd go home and I'd have my evening meal and I literally 
forgot that I'd already eaten maybe two donuts at, at work that day and then would then go oh it's after dinner I'll have this treat or have this yeah. piece of chocolate or whatever and it's mindlessly you know there's no acknowledgement of what I put into my body through the course yeah. of the day already and now for me it's about going I am going to have that slice of cake when I go for coffee with a friend yeah and I'm going to really enjoy it but I'm going to think about that later on in the day and go well actually Marianne you've already had a big chunk of cake today so actually tonight you really need to up your veggies and yeah. not have a dessert it's, you know i think you get that addiction like you know they say that sugar addiction because mm -hmm. i do that if i have nothing throughout the day as in no no sugar i don't crave it or anything but if i've had something at lunchtime or like you say i don't i don't really like donuts but something of sauce um then I don't know, after my evening meal, I'm having something else and I think, oh my gosh, I've like probably had all of my calories for today in this chocolate and whatever else yeah. I have, plus my meals. Yeah, and then you wonder why it's like, you know, over the course of a year or so, you kind of gone up a size. And I remember a lady I worked with before, she's like, oh, you know, um, when I was in my 20s, I struggled to stay, you know, around the nine stone mark. And in my 30s, I struggled to stay around the 10 stone mark. And now I'm in my 40s, I'm struggling to stay below 11 stone. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, well, and if it's, do you know what? I've had exactly the same battle. And it's, and you know, it's, 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 it's a work in progress and it is constant work to, to yeah. stay on top of it. But now I'm becoming more mindful about how I eat and what I eat. It's, it is easier. It is easier to do. But it's this, Again, it's this disconnect brain body. We're so out in somewhere up in our heads with everything we've got yeah. to think about that we do. You do. You're right. You go home and you forget that you've eaten the, the treat mm. during the day. And I think it's sort of almost, if you think you've forgotten about it, you can almost justifiably have that other piece or that other thing. And like you say, it is that disconnect. I think if we switch off from it, then we think we're all right. But actually being more mindful actually probably make, make better decisions. Yeah, it was just going, okay, well, do you actually need that? And it's, you know, one of the things that really helped me start that process was when I was pregnant with my children and had diabetes. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, suddenly, and, and again, this is a real psychology, I think a lot of women have. When I was carrying those babies and I knew like eating a chocolate bar was going to potentially harm my unborn child, I was able to look at that chocolate bar wow. and totally resist because I was like, that's going to hurt my baby. And all of a sudden, that chocolate bar was not attractive. Yeah. The moment I delivered, I sent my husband to Patisserie <laughs> Valerie to bring me right <laughs> this big chunk of cake and everything. And he brought to me. I was on the label board, so you know, yeah, a few days. And he brought me this Patisserie Valerie box. I'm like, oh, oh no. But <laughs> well, I suppose it comes back to that thing of putting other people first. That just literally is evidence in itself that you <laughs> wanted it, but they came first. So no. But the minute you don't have to put them first, I'm on it. I'm having it all. <laughs> Well, it, it really is, and it's kind of that psychology of why why do we not view ourselves as worth enough, you know, yeah. to make to look at the chocolate bar with dispassion. But you know, it's it's kind of if you start thinking about what is in something and how is it serving my health, you know, you can look at you can okay, not all the time, you know, go and enjoy the cake, enjoy yeah. with your friend, do whatever. But then when you get to the evening, going okay, how have I benefited my health today? Have I had veggies? Have I had some good protein? Have I had some good fats? Yeah. Have I kind of what have I done on the sugar side of things? Okay, so now my evening is going to be dictated by that. Yeah, I like you know? that. So, um, do you know what? Gosh, I've loved chatting to you. I'm so like inspired. I feel like I could, we could chat all day um, <laughs> about this. It's such a massive topic. It's really interesting. So, job on the list is to definitely buy that book, 
you know, because this is the kind of book you can give your girlfriend. Am I allowed to share your details actually? Because then yeah. I'm guessing you'll put you'll put something on your your business page anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I'll be putting stuff on there. So um, yeah. feel free to go and have a look. Feel free to follow me as well for all sorts yeah, of pieces. So, so thank you. I was going to say, what would you leave people with to inspire them? I mean, I think your book's inspiring in itself. But what bit of um, advice or words of wisdom would you leave uh, our listeners with? Just to, <laughs> I would say the key thing to take away is is trust that you've actually got more control over your own health than you think you've got um, and that everything you do think eat e encounter has an impact on your health um, and if you can start thinking in those terms you will start making different decisions wow. so. brilliant Thank you so much, Marianne. It has been so interesting to talk to you. Um, and I really, really hope people buy this book because I think it's just really, really important for women and everybody to educate themselves. So thank you so much for coming on. You're more than welcome. Thank oh, you. No worries. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Louisa Ashford. I hope you have got so much value from this podcast. As always, thank you so much to our guests for coming on. Now, if you haven't already, please subscribe to my Podbean channel. And also don't forget to take a look at my YouTube channel so you can see all of these exciting videos. There is also the membership site, louisaashford.co.uk. And of course, the free Facebook group where there is loads of educational material uh, creating talent success. Thanks so much.